0: Welcome to the
1: MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss what it takes to be successful in the MarTech industry. Joining us is Daryl Alfonso, who's the Global Marketing Operations Manager at Amazon Web Services, which provides a highly reliable, scalable, low-cost infrastructure platform in the cloud that powers hundreds of thousands of businesses in 190 countries around the world, with data centers located in the US, Europe, Singapore, and Japan. Customers across all industries are taking advantage of Amazon Web Services' low cost, elastic, open, and flexible secure platform. And today, Daryl and I are going to talk about his three skills that are needed for a successful career in Martech. Okay, here's my conversation with Daryl Alfonso, Global Marketing Operations Manager at Amazon Web Services. Daryl, welcome to the Martech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Big fan of the podcast. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Always good to have a listener as one of our guests on the show. Hey, look, you work at a company that some people might have heard of, a boutique e-commerce website called Amazon. Am I right? Amazon. 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 Okay. Yeah.
2: Hopefully it'll be big one day.
1: You know, I am an investor in Amazon. And by that, I mean, I own a couple shares of stock and obviously a user of the platform. Big part of what Amazon is doing is their web services Before we get into how Amazon thinks about the MarTech space and plays in MarTech, tell me a little bit about your role, Amazon Web Services, and why is that relevant to the MarTech community?
2: Happy to. I'm the Global Marketing Operations Manager for Amazon Web Services, and we're really a centralized team. I'm part of a team of 10 different MarTech administrators that supports thousands of marketers globally. And the size, the scale, and the number of MarTech platforms that we leverage to you know, try to deliver a good customer experience and try to market and sell our products, it's just a vast number. And it requires an incredible amount of governance, of strategy, of planning, and a team of really smart folks that I find myself really fortunate to be a part of. The largest of which is Marketo, is our main platform. So we're a Marketo and Salesforce shop. And just to give you an idea of the size, there are 1,200 active Marketo users across the globe working for Amazon Web Services, deploying campaigns on a daily basis. And the role that my team plays is, from a marketing operations standpoint, supporting them with the tools that they need, the different marketing technologies they need, the processes, teaching, training, and evaluating different types of tools to better execute marketing and service our customers.
1: So this is interesting. Your role is essentially to provide the MarTech support for the 1,200 people that are using MarTech tools to promote Amazon Web Services, right? You are a marketing vehicle within the organization. And obviously, there are MarTech companies that are using Amazon Web Services as well but you're seeing a ton of operators using a variety of MarTech tools to try to promote Amazon Web Services.
2: That's right. And it's a great job because just the number of tools available and the things that you can do without having to code, I think puts MarTech and people that want a career in MarTech in a great spot with great growth potential. And I think it requires a lot of skill, which I think we're going to talk about later. But getting all of the technologies and the data to work together in an ideally seamless way is a big focus on what we do. And not all of the marketing technology that Amazon Web Services subscribes to is owned by our team completely, but I think a majority of it are. So a lot of the day-to-day jobs include managing which tools do we get, who has access to the tools, and what permission levels do they do. And then the fun part, which is, trying to enable marketers to get the most out of the different types of technologies that they're using.
1: So you've been around the block a couple of times. You've had a distinguished career before getting to Amazon I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, you are Marketo certified and have had some really impressive roles up until this point. And now you are essentially herding the cats for roughly 1,200 marketing operators. So you really have a lot of visibility into what makes someone successful working as a marketing operator, specifically in a MarTech driven organization like AWS. I want to talk a little bit about what some of the things that you've seen that make people successful operators. Obviously, there's a lot of people going through career transitions today. There is still a shelter in place because of the coronavirus nationally, at least in most states. And a lot of people are going to be looking for work, a lot of people interested in the MarTech community. And we really want to be able to not only help people find jobs, but understand how to position themselves here at the MarTech podcast. Talk to me about some of the things that you've seen make people successful. And basically, what are the big resume bullets or headlines that we need to include in our resumes when we're looking for new gigs?
2: The way I think about this is I do think that there is a base level or, or table stakes to get into MarTech as a career. For example, everyone needs to have a good understanding of data and of databases and how they work. Base level understanding of marketing, especially digital marketing and overall understanding of how sales and marketing works together, as well as just being able to be organized. So those things I think are table stakes. And if you don't have those, it's very difficult to progress beyond that. There are some, I think, specific skills or almost traits that differentiate sort of the good from the great operators of MarTech. And those are things that I've been particularly interested in and have been thinking about a lot recently.
1: So it's interesting you mentioned three things that I thought were going to be your skills which is understand how a database works right be able to collect aggregate unify analyze data understand the general principles of marketing and I'm assuming by that you're talking more about kind of the psychological principles and you know understanding the connection of the human to the brand and the third thing was be organized right and also understand the role between marketing and sales but be able to be organized, and get a campaign up and running and evaluate it. It sounds like those are the three skills that you need to be good, right? And then there are these other traits that you're suggesting of how to go from good to great. Am I paraphrasing what you're saying correctly?
2: Yeah. And you're right on. I think that a funny way to think about it is if you don't have those things, you know, you might get fired, right? But I think if you want to progress and deliver business impact and be seen as a valuable contributor to the business, there are additional things that I think really, really help.
1: All right. So if you're working as a marketing operator, you got to know how database works, you got to understand the basic principles of marketing, and you got to be organized enough to get a campaign off the ground. What makes somebody go from good to great? Whether are your real three principles for success?
2: I think first is, you know, a strong affinity for business impact. And then Second is an ability to develop strong relationships, both internally and externally, because really it's the people behind the marketing and the marketing technology that make the difference. And then the last one that I think you might be surprised about, but I feel really strongly about is excellent documentation skills.
1: That's really interesting. Let's flip these around and we're going to go in reverse order. Talk to me about why documentation is one of the most important skills for somebody to be a great employee in the MarTech space.
2: This is actually a sort of realization that I came across recently. And as I was looking back during different parts of my career, what made the difference and what gave me the ability to multiply results ended up being excellent documentation skills. So I think that the big part that a lot of people miss about MarTech, the point is to really enable marketers to automate processes or to do things that they couldn't have done without the technology. And in order to do that, they need a good, strong understanding of what the technology is or what the tool is, how it fits into the overall MarTech stack, and how to utilize it to the best of their ability or to at least a lot of its potential. I realized this at Amazon, or I realized this when I came to Amazon because of Amazon's document and documentation culture. You may not know this, but one of the differentiating factors in Amazon's culture is during meetings, we're not allowed to use PowerPoint. We actually have to create a six-page document about what the meeting is about or what the project or goal is about. Six pages? Six pages. And for the first 15 or 20 minutes of an hour-long meeting, everyone actually reads in silence the document. And then the discussion starts afterward. And I really, really thought it was kind of a weird process and just something that I didn't fully appreciate.
1: It just seems like it would take so long to write a six-page document for an hour-long meeting. Absolutely, absolutely. And until
2: I started to participate and until I started to write my own narratives, I found just how really helpful the documentation process is for two reasons. One is it actually clarifies your own thinking really, really quickly. And you're not really able to hide the important points and important decision-making points and data points behind nice, flashy visuals. And I think oftentimes you find quickly that you can challenge your own thinking by trying to put it on paper. And then the second piece of why documentation is so important is it quickly allows everyone, all stakeholders to get on the same page and to have all of the relevant information. So you can actually participate in a productive decision-making discussion or brainstorming discussion.
1: So what are the components of the six pages? I'm assuming... Whether it's a slide in a PowerPoint deck, if it was outside of Amazon, you'd be doing an executive summary, you'd be doing a competitive slide, performance analysis, risk, potential business impact summary, right? If I had to guess. Am I close to what the topics that you would cover in your documentation?
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty close. Most documents have different components or different sections, like the purpose, the background, the supporting data the recommendations, risks and concerns and opportunities. So very much almost like a business case study. But the process or the exercise of going through and listing out those different points, I think is extremely beneficial. Let's take evaluating a new marketing technology to add to your stack. You can list out what the purpose is, what's the intended benefit, What's the potential ROI if we roll this new solution out? And what are the risks to the existing processes or programs that we have? And going through those questions in your mind and with your team is extremely helpful.
1: Okay, so documentation to make sure that you're getting everybody who's a stakeholder in a project is very important. You mentioned that the relationships are also an important component of success in the MarTech industry I thought we were all just supposed to be sitting in front of marketing automation software, moving pixels around and writing ad copy until dollars happen. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. Why does it actually matter that we're interfacing with other real people?
2: This one, I think, comes from Scott Brinker, who I believe was on your podcast earlier. And there's that pyramid of marketing technology, which is people, processes, and technology. The people part is, as I mentioned before, I think the part that a lot of times falls to the wayside. And it's actual marketers, it's actual salespeople, it's actually business professionals that are going to be executing on and benefiting from the technology that we implement. So I think of developing relationships in two different ways. One is internally to actually forward the programs and the martech that you are implementing. And then also, it's important to develop relationships externally. And I think that that's been a huge difference maker in my career. And when I mean externally, I mean, it could be wrangling the right consultant or the right firm to help you through some of these more complex integrations. But for me specifically, I've developed a network of colleagues, of fellow power users, senior marketers that I frequently tap to get advice on the different things that I'm working on.
1: I had a conversation yesterday, which hopefully will be published before this episode on the podcast with the global head of market strategy at Salesforce. And he said something like uh, he'd analyzed 16,000 companies, if I'm remembering correctly. And the number one trait for organizations that are successful are they have executive buy-in. And I think it speaks to a similar thing that you're talking about is Getting everybody on the boat and getting them to row in the same direction is one of the most challenging part of success in marketing and specifically with, you know, MarTech solutions, getting everything integrated, getting people to use the technology in the right way, right? The same nomenclature, filling out your TPS reports or updating your CRM, all of the lead statuses, all that stuff. You actually have to get everyone on the same page. And that is very much a relationship driven challenge. The other skill that you said was very important for people to be successful in the MarTech industry was an affinity for business results, which I honestly think is kind of a funny way to put it. Like, yeah, I have an affinity for business results as long as they're positive. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to me about what you mean by an affinity for business results. I think that that can be boiled down to maybe
2: business savvy or just general business sense. And I find it surprising how easily we can all get into the weeds when it comes to the things that we're working on and MarTech specifically, especially around the shiny new objects that get released every week or every month or so. And we start to lose sight of what we're actually trying to do. And I think that what separates the really good MarTech professionals from just the people doing the job is the sort of trying to guide and strategically manage all of the marketing technology toward a positive business outcome. The main things that kind of revolve around that are trying to tie what you're doing to revenue, to better customer experience, to less churn, those sorts of things. But it also really helps in being judicious about the technology that you're working with and the priorities that
1: you have. I think this is one of the biggest challenges with MarTech specifically is there are so many tools and the technology can be so sophisticated and so complex. uh, You know, it seems like there is an endless list of potential optimizations and opportunities and tools that you can implement to try to build your stack and optimize it. And it can be overwhelming. And a lot of times I hear and see, honestly, I'm a victim of this myself right now, of just being overwhelmed with all the opportunities of the various tools and not accomplishing something that's going to have an immediate business result. And, you know, the example for me, we're sitting here thinking about building out our community for the MarTech podcast, and we're evaluating what platform we should be working on. Is it a membership site? Is it a plugin for Squarespace, which we're using? Do we have to replace Squarespace? Do we have to do an all-in-one solution? Can we just get away with a tool that's not specifically Squarespace? There's so many different options for us to use to try to create this thing that we're sitting here just staring at our navels instead of saying, what's the business impact that matters the most? Let's go talk to the people that are the most influential, that are going to pay the most to be part of this community and get them on board and build solutions around their needs. When you're running into this sort of bloat or getting distracted from the business results, I guess, have you seen operators that have found tools to make sure that they are staying on top of the business results and keeping that focused? Or is this just an innate skill?
2: I first have to say that it's not necessarily a bad thing when you really get into the weeds. And I think that for many people and I can hear it when you're describing what you're working on too, is that it's fun to creatively solve problems and it's
1: fun to build things. That's the thing. It's so exciting to put one thing on top of the other and see how tall you can get the tower.
2: Yeah, and something new and something that there's no guide how to do and you're sort of blazing the trail on putting together some sort of new solution or technology. It's so much fun. So I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I think that the best operators can quickly bring and center themselves and try to figure out what really matters here. One of the things that we do at Amazon, which again, when I first learned about, I thought was kind of hokey, but we have something called the Amazon leadership principles. And there's 14 of them. At first I thought, okay, does anyone really look at those? Is this some sort of platitudes that we just put on the site? But more and more I see really strong leaders let those principles guide their decision making. And I'll call out two specifically. Customer obsession is probably one that everybody knows about that we have. And then another one is deliver results. And when we find that we're going off track, when we're in a meeting where we feel like we're getting way into the weeds, we're not sure which direction to go. We have to look back at those principles and ask ourselves, okay, what is best for the customer? What's going to deliver the best customer experience, whether that's an external customer or an internal customer? And how are we going to make sure that we're delivering results with what we're working on? And it's not just some hobby or pet project that we're trying to build because we think it's fun.
1: I do think there's something to be said for going back to principles. And when you're running into these challenges and having trouble figuring out where the North Star is, looking back to some of the foundational things that you're working on is always a good way to reorient yourself and make sure that you're focused on what matters the most. And that's really what principles and mottos and credos and all the things that we put together that feel sometimes very touchy-feely are really important at big organizations like Amazon.
2: Absolutely. And you can also just wait for the financial discussion around if you're going to get additional headcount or as if you're going to get additional budget. That can be one that can quickly whip you into shape because you start to realize how many of your projects aren't tied to those sorts of outcomes. And you're gonna to have to wait another year before you can make a good case to grow what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. At the end of the day, you, know, you work with 1200 operators directly at Amazon Web Services. You've been an operator yourselves. Any advice for the people that are looking for jobs? How can they take these skills and actually put them and position themselves to be more attractive to potential MarTech companies?
2: I actually think the certifications go a long way. And I've benefited many times. There was actually one specific example I remember in my career when being certified in the marketing automation platform of choice was the actual deciding factor between whether or not I got the job. And especially nowadays, when you're going to be competing with a lot of candidates that are looking for these coveted roles It's nice to have those golden stars on your resume to kind of make it rise to the top. And the certification exams aren't easy. So it's a nice differentiator between, you know, who put in the time and who put in the effort to study and become competent in these sorts of skills versus those that just write on their resume that they're good at marketing automation or they have used a certain tool.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important thing to think about as, you know, if you are laid off, there are opportunities for you to develop your career without actually being an employee and You know, it's something that I've tried to do having gone from being an in-house marketer to working for myself and running a consulting business. If you're out of work, you're in the midst of your job search, you can't spend your whole day just applying for job to job to job. You have to take on activities that are also going to make you more attractive to those hiring managers as well. Daryl, I agree with you 100% on some of the traits that are important to marketers. I appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about how marketers can not only be more successful in their roles, but also how to position themselves to find new roles when they're looking for them. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Daryl Alfonso, Global Marketing Operations Manager at Amazon Web Services for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Daryl and I are going to talk about the truth about MarTech reporting. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Daryl, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is DemandDaryl, D-E-M-A-N-D-D-A-R-R-E-L-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is aws.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J -J B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Daryl Alfonso, Global Marketing Operations Manager at Amazon Web Services, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning.